You are listening to the Amodamar podcast. In this series, Amoda explores her essential teaching through conversation and excerpts from interviews and events. To find out more about events and to sign up for her newsletter, go to www.amodamar.com. Please subscribe, comment and share if this podcast moves you. And if you feel called to donate, please go to the website. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Hello everyone, um, my name is Kavi. Welcome back to another podcast uh, with Amoda Ma. Hello Amoda. Hello Kavi. Uh, we are experimenting with a new microphone today for Amoda, so I'm hoping that technically speaking this is all going to go okay. Um, we did a podcast a couple of weeks ago, Amoda, um, the Tantra of Life, it was called, which was a spin-off in a way, inspired by the course that you're currently offering. Um, and it seems as though the, the excuse the thunder, um, the podcast itself was quite inspiring, and I think it wasn't quite uh, complete in itself in in some ways or else it's just inspired maybe a, a little bit of an offshoot a little bit of a deeper conversation uh between the two of us and i see also that you've just written a new post uh on in facebook so uh i i think we're going to be calling this uh episode seeing the beloved in everything something like this yeah Sounds perfect. Okay. So the, the let's start here and jump straight in. Um, the, the, the post that you've just written is called Open Your Eyes, and the subtitle is really Only Eyes That See the Beloved Can See Truth. So I'd like to invite you to uh, read to read us the, the post that you've just made. And then we're going to improvise around what is stirred up in us both from that post and see where we go. Okay. Okay. That sounds wonderful. Only eyes that see the beloved can see truth. Mostly in the conventional paradigm, eyes are narrow focused, object focused, land and landing on the boundaried nature of things. In this way, we see differences, we see contrast, we see division, we see opposition. This is the myopia of the matrix. It keeps us caught up in the web of illusion that expresses itself as opinion and argument and the duality of me and other. Eyes that have stopped being turned out towards things, eyes that have turned inwards to rest in consciousness, eyes that are soft-focused and open, see beyond boundary to the wholeness of things. Eyes that rest in consciousness are no longer myopic portals for the separate me-self, but have merged into the totality of being. It is a merging of self into life, 
a merging of self into the beloved. What is this beloved? Well, it is everything. When we see clearly from the vastness of being and into the vastness of being, the beloved is neither a thing, nor a person, nor an entity. The beloved is the frequency field of love that is the source of everything that we experience, if only we had eyes to see. This clear seeing comes not from mind-based beliefs or knowledge, but from the absence of the overlay of beliefs on what we see. It is perception without interference and without interpretation. It is love seeing love. It sees into the depth of things. It sees beneath and beyond surface appearances and surface narratives. It penetrates and bursts the bubble of robotic thinking that characterizes most of humanity. Only the self that knows itself as the unconditioned openness of awareness can know the truth of love. Not a love that divides into subject and object, but love that is the infinite openness of being. And this infinity is reflected in the eyes. The eyes of love have no veil, no blinders of thought, no prison of defended self. The eyes of love are the beloved looking at itself through you and through me and through all that there is. My friend, practice a soft gaze on things. Let your seeing be less tight, less pincer-like, less restless. Let your eyes be still, and in this stillness your vision will come to rest in the openness of consciousness instead of the closeness of objects and thoughts. My friend, let your vision fall open into the truth of being, and you will see the truth. You will never be manipulated again, not by any person, nor by any society, nor by any information that claims to be true, nor by your own thoughts. My friend, wipe your eyes clean, and you will know freedom. Mm. Wow. Oh my. And of course, I've seen a couple of spelling mistakes in that, so I'm going to go back and <laughs> edit those. <laughs> do you think, I saw, I did see one earlier, but do you yeah. think it, it's possible that we could uh, just focus on the, um, on the podcast and then you can of course. <laughs> get back to the, to the edit? I know, I know these things happen fast, yeah, the, when, 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 the, when it comes... Yeah, you just kind of write it out and then sometimes you have to go back and and edit. It's not the uh, spelling mistakes that I'm that I'm concerned with here. It's the depth of the message. It's the depth of 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 what you're actually pointing pointing to or 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 inviting people to. It's a uh, as I said in in a in a podcast quite a time ago, it's it's quite radical. It may stir the soul and speak to yeah you know, a deep place within us. 
you know, but but let's 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 really look at things. Um, it's it's radical in the sense that what you're really saying on on you're saying many things, but you're saying that we are conditioned into seeing through the eyes with a with a focus. Yeah, that is that is both necessary, but but is not the only game in town. Is that is that, is that right? That we're we're zooming in all the time. We're subject orientated and object. And object. I mean, oh, sorry, I, I actually meant object orientated, yeah. but but it's, it comes with the same package. Is that not uh, a a, na- a natural? Uh, occurrence of being born into the world that we we have to navigate because if we were looking from the open vista of 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 of, of soft gaze let's say without any object definedness in it then we <laughs> we're going to have problems driving um, y- yes and no, um, in the sense that, yes, we do need to have the, the physiological and psychological capacity, they go hand in hand, to zoom in on objects so that we can cross the road, uh, uh, drive, do our shopping, in, you know, relate with other human beings and so on and so on. Um, so we do need to have that capacity, and we do that ha- have that capacity. It's inbuilt into our physiology. Um, the problem, if you like, or the the sticking point, the place where we get stuck on, is that that beco- becomes the be all and end all, mm. and in that we are caught in the matrix of form. Yeah, we are caught in the matrix of thought um, because how the eyes function is directly related to to our thinking, yeah, um, or to our identification with thoughts. Yeah, when we're identified with thoughts, with the narratives in the mind, then the eyes are related to that. They will move in accordance with those with those narratives. Um, and that's where the physiological function and the psychological um, vision, if you like, become tangled up. And so it's to our benefit, to our, um, you know, to the benefit of our evolutionary capacity to evolve out of ego self, yeah, um, out of self-identity, uh, out of who we think we are, to be able to, uh, if you like, move in and out of uh, zooming in and zooming out. Mm. Zooming out, I mean, interestingly, uh, and, and I'm talking on very practical terms here, zooming out and having a soft, open gaze, uh, strangely, um, does not make us vague and spacey and unable to see anything. Mm. On the contrary, 
um, and I'm talking very practically here, um, it actually allows us to see the whole and things come into sharper focus, but not in the same way as the kind of tight focus of zooming in. So to have the ability to flow in and out of both those visionary states, yeah, um, or states of the, uh, of vision, of seeing, is is very uh, you know has great value to our lives on physical and psychological levels. Yeah, physically there is t- less tension around right. the eyes, less tension around the the head where a lot of tension is. Um, where we hold stress um, and so on, and worry and anxiety. So it, it helps on a, on a physiological level, but also on a psychological level. Yeah, we stop being caught up in in things, <laughs> things being thoughts, things mm. being other people and their thoughts, things being events and happenings. Huh? And so on, and so it brings a great spaciousness, a great mm. openness, a great a greater acceptance, and a greater freedom. So uh, it, I I seem to remember something that I was reading saying, uh, because of the nature of the conditioned self and its me centered, you know, myopic as you described it, myopic way. Actually, a lot of the focus of a of a of a conditioned human being is centered around the forehead, around the eyes. It's all taking place in this, what's called the, the frontal cortex. It's, it's all happening right there. So it's very sharp. It's very, you know, located. And actually even, you know, practicing the awareness of, 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 of drawing back, literally drawing back. An opening. I mean, it's good, just good to talk about the eyes and the focus here because it does matter to a lot, a lot of people because it results in, in headaches and in the very practical sort of tension around the eyes, for heaven's sake. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, so to actually draw back allows this, even the beginnings of this spaciousness to happen, right? Yes. I mean, I, I often talk about becoming aware of awareness. Yeah. And most people I speak, with um on that topic or you know using that pointer um struggle with that or become yes well i'm going to ask about that yeah Yeah. because they're using exactly that which you're speaking of the the frontal (laughs) cortex or the frontal self um (laughs) to to become aware of something that isn't located anywhere and um, that sets up further tension. Oh yeah. Becoming- so 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 you mean the the sorry I have to say, but it's like the same. And I have this problem with people that I work with. The same the same self, if you like, that's located in this tight place, isn't the same self that can find the spaciousness beyond the beyond. Yes, exactly. So becoming aware of awareness isn't using that limited locatable self um which is both a physical sensation yeah felt sense and but also a psychological identity um it's not using that self to 
to become aware of awareness. It's undoing or letting go of or softening that self. Yeah. Softening the, 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 the limited or boundaried self, which is usually located, as you say, in the sort of front of the head somewhere, um, as if, because that's where the eyes are as well. So that's what we identify as our, our self. It is actually the closest portal to the self, the self as consciousness. But when it gets entangled with the, with the, the limited self, <laughs> yeah, the small self, the me self, then it, then it becomes more of a prison, uh, rather than the, the true self, which is brilliant, freedom. Brilliant, brilliant. So, yeah, yeah I, I want to come be- back to that. Yeah, bit. becoming yeah. aware of awareness is a, is a, is a letting go of that, is a softening of that, is, yeah, so that you fall back yes. into awareness. This is, and, yeah. and that is exactly because the eyes are the closest portal to the true self. Yeah, the windows to the soul, then literally softening the gaze facilitates that openness, that open gaze, that wider perspective, that softer, um, or that softening of the hard shell of ego self. It's, it's literal. So we don't have to go about it looking for true self or looking for, uh, awareness through the intellect or through the ego self, it won't mm. happen. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, what you said was this falling, falling, the word that comes up time and time and time again in all of the work that we do and all of the teaching that goes on and the questions is the fear of falling. So you've just, you know, we've got a lot to talk about, but just this, just this seems to be all related here. The fear of falling sounds so easy. What you just described in, in theory, or when you speak to, to, to it, it actually almost sounds kind of easy. The soft gaze. Well, I can soft gaze, you know, and yeah, I can try and fall. But actually, is it, is it, is it that people are actually so focused, have become trained to be so focused in that area through that vision that just the invitation to fall brings up all the things that we talk about, the existential terror, a fear of falling without any landing place, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it does bring up the fear, the fear of, of, the self, the small self being undone, um, the known self being undone. Well, that's what falling is. Um, but just, you know, that, that very word uh, brings up um, fear. I mean, who wants to stand on a high cliff and fall? <laughs> you're going to break a few bones or you, you're going to kill yourself. Especially when so, the further invitation is to not reach out to hold on to anything. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we have images and concepts around that. So, um, you know, we can, we can invite that and unpack it. And we do in, in the teaching, uh, we talk about what falling open means and so on, but, you know, we can literally practice something very simple and very direct that seems to have nothing to do with, um, awakening out of the ego self, but actually has everything to do with it. Um, and I've, I've reintroduced this practice through, through the Tantra meditation course, um, 
and since I think this conversation is a sort of offshoot of, of our last uh, conversa- podcast conversation on on what what is what is true tantra. Yeah, maybe yeah. we can just explore that a little bit, mm, which yeah. is literally using the eyes <laughs> okay. in a different way, in a different way, and this doesn't have. There's no fear in that. Um, we can actually practice it by looking at an object um, without uh, zooming in on it. Yeah. Um, okay. Noticing the tendency to to look at the edges of the object, which is what how we differentiate differentiate an object from the space around it and actually noticing that noticing how that feels and then literally looking (laughs) practicing the looking at the whole rather than the parts and we can do this with an object and even more powerfully we can do it looking into another human being's eyes Or even into our own eyes. Yes, we can do it into our own eyes. And this is a very powerful tantric practice that um, sort of conventionally is is seen as a way to be intimate with another and so on and so on. Yes, yes, there is an intimacy and that's one of the byproducts, if you like. But I would like to suggest that that's not its primary... um, uh, purpose. Its primary purpose is to um, energetically turn vision inwards rather than outwards. And that's how we start to undo the tight shell of ego ad- identity. Yeah. Meaning in, in, inwards? Meaning what? Inwards, when I say inwards, I mean uh, instead of zooming in on an object, we zoom out. Okay. In zooming out, we're not uh, object-orientated. Object-defined, We're actually consciousness-orientated. Yeah. Oh, right. (sighs) This is a... Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I know, I know it, but I just want to be clear for people who are listening, who are trying to or wanting to follow the tr- trail of of what of, of of what's being kind of pointed to or invited here. So, huh, the uh, the one that's that's been seeing, looking at an object on the table here. I've got an object, whatever it is. It's my damn phone, unfortunately. I, I, I can identify it as a phone, not just through familiarity, but because I've already unconsciously or, or subliminally or whatever it is, seen the edges of it. Yeah, I've identified it in space and time. I've identified it. It's square. It's flat. It's got shiny surface. And I've zoomed in. That's what you're saying, zoom in. But... Uh, if I sit and um, as there's a, there's a, I come up with the word allowing some, some kind of allowing um, that, that gaze that seems to be coming out of me to literally soften. Is it, then I stop seeing 
I don't know what I see. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You stop seeing a phone, you know, and specifically an iPhone and whatever model it is. Yeah. Because that's, we start to, when we're object orientated, yeah, we label everything. Right. Yeah. There's a labeling, there's a natural sort of instinctive labeling that happens. Soft focus is, 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 is not labeling. Yeah, when we see the whole, and it's 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 a little more challenging with something like a phone because it yeah. has such a strong identity, it has okay. such a strong label. Right. Yeah, we could choose a different object to start with, something like okay. a teacup or a mug. Yeah, okay. even though that's definitely an object, it has a sort of um, uh, it's a little more fluid in some ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has yes. various colors and shapes, and yeah. Mm. So if we could look at a a mug or a teacup. And see it from, you know, from its, see its totality rather than its parts, instead of looking at the edge and the roundness and the hardness and the, you know, the shape of the handle and the colors, we start to label, yeah? Before you do that, soft focus and see the totality. What starts to happen is that labeling, takes a back seat. Yeah. It's exactly the same as when we see another human being, our, our, our default position. Yeah. The unconscious position, the ego self position is that we immediately start labeling. It's a man, it's a woman, it's young, it's old. It's someone I know. It's someone I don't know. Uh, They're attractive or they're unattractive or they're this or they're that. Yeah. And already the labels start. Yeah. And the labels can get more, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) more argumentative or more uh, polarized, polarized. Yeah. And, and, and so to see a cup, a teacup, or to see another human being mm. from the totality in you or to see its totality, labels are harder to impose. Mm. They take a back seat. So, so can I, is, 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 um, am I waiting for that non-labeling to happen or yeah so i'm softly softening the gaze am i waiting for the non-labeling to happen or can i actually consciously with whatever part of my faculty actually choose to put the labeling behind me somewhere yeah and just is softening into the whole thing both Both. okay yeah Yeah. i just want to know yeah, it because, happens on because, a very yeah. physiological level. As you okay. soften the eyes and start seeing the totality, so you see the space. You don't look, you don't zoom in on the space, but you include the space around the human being. You include the space around the teacup. Then labeling is uh-huh. less likely to okay. take hold. At the same time, if you notice labeling, you can just choose to soften yeah, even yeah, more. Yeah. Okay, because we don't actually, yeah, I, I, I get that. We don't actually often look at space. We don't no. actually see space, do we? we? I don't mean space out there. I don't mean this, you know, 
astronomy and in space that's here right now. As I'm looking at you, the majority of what I'm actually looking at is space. Yes. So, so somehow it's, it's an energetic experience. You include the space and the space has more objects in it, more forms. Yeah, there's the space in the room and everything that's included. And it's the same with a human being. It's not just, a, 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 you know, limited to the boundary of the human. It's all the space around them and all the forms that are included. Somehow when our vision broadens, everything is included. And what starts to happen is that we soften we come to a place of deeper acceptance of the other. We also see more into the depth of things. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not blinded by the labels, <laughs> which are simply beliefs, yeah, uh, unconscious beliefs that we impose on the other or impose on an object or impose on the world. So it has very broad ramifications we could say that you start seeing through the eyes of the heart rather than through the eyes in the head. Okay. And is this, this, I mean, this is, is actually a state of relaxation. This is a relaxed, a relaxed tightening of the grip of self. Yes. And ipso facto when the grip the vice-like steely grip of self is relaxed through, you know, actually this is a practice that you're talking about and you and I don't often talk about practices, a natural, the natural relaxation of the visceral form of the perceptive form of the self itself <laughs> relaxes and yes. there is the beloved. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, it relaxes, which means that the separation between subject and object collapses, yeah? We're not rooted in separation. It doesn't mean that you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you stick to anything in terms of the space between you disappears because the space is included. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're two magnets and you suddenly come together. But but somehow the the sense of separation, separation being that the beliefs that we hold that make the other different to us or make the other, whether we're talking about an object uh, or, 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 or a person, um, you know, it, yeah, that's the, it's all the other. It makes it less unreachable. It makes it less threatening. It makes it less in opposition to you. It's no longer an enemy. Yeah. And that's what, that's, really what's meant by the beloved i mean that's one meaning of the beloved is that there's no longer an enemy the beloved is inside everything an enemy is a term that you're using in this case to define the 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 the, the pincering narrow way we objectify the other or say the other yes, yes. whatever that other is yes yeah? 
me here, everything else outside me. Yes. Which upholds that, that attitude, that way, that belief, if you like, or that perception upholds the sense of self that needs to be defended. So it is a deep relaxation. And relaxation is at the core of the tantric way. Okay, and yeah. and the, by relaxation, you know, you, we're we're not talking about relaxation on the superficial uh, massage level here. We're, yeah, nothing wrong with that, of course. Uh, blah, blah. But we're talking about something that's a, that's that's more fundamental. Correct. Yes. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about the relaxation of the tight knot of me, the tight knot of self that is constantly on guard, constantly defending itself, constantly seeking something, constantly moving away from this moment, constantly on alert, yeah, restless, agitated, looking for threats, looking for comfort. Yeah, that's the ego self. So the whole thing relaxes. Right. Wow. So this is the, the, you know, here we are back. I think we were here two weeks ago. We keep coming, always circling to the same place. It's the main, the main pin. We're always uh, circling the flame of the main, the main pin, the tight knot of self. Yes. The that tr- that the drives self. everybody crazy. That's driving everybody crazy that so many people are seeking to move beyond, underneath, outside, inside, whatever it is, however one describes it. But, but, it's, but it seems to be so hard, and yet what you're pointing to sounds so easy. It is easy. <laughs> it's a hair breadth away. So what does it take? well it can't be done from the self (laughs) it Mm. takes the undoing Mm. the undoing again yeah the undoing of the self the relaxation of the self the deepest acceptance of what is here Mm. the seeing beyond me and other yeah i don't mean some kind of new age we're in we're all in this together and we're all we all agree mm. but simply the 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 subject object defined perspective yeah it, it just All, all constructs that uphold a sense of me that needs to be protected, defended, upheld, have a position to stand on, simply come tumbling down. It's both easy and difficult, as all yes, truths are. It's a hair breadth away, and it's easy, but it's also seemingly very difficult because the old... momentum the egoic momentum is is ancient Mm. yeah and has has a certain tenacity to it Mm. 
Yeah. But once it's seen, yeah. Yeah. Well, there could I, be I, a collapse in the moment, and and yeah. and that's all it takes. There was a there was a scene in the Matrix. It was one of the very first scenes when Neo had been unplugged, and he was being shown the uh, the, the the nature of the Matrix of the of the of of, of how it act, how it works, and he was being challenged and invited to learn how to navigate and move within the Matrix. And you remember they had the two skyscrapers and. Uh, 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 Neo was being invited to leap beyond the capacity of a regular human being from the top of one skyscraper to the other one. And uh, Morpheus just ran up and went straight over to the other side. And then he pointed to Neo and it's your turn. And Neo was, was, was in that sense, his nervous system, the whole of him was back into the self that believed that it was a long way down and if he didn't make it, he was going to die. And so he ran with all of his might trying to do it. Yeah. And he went and he, and he, he fell and he, and he fell. And that was one of the, the ways that he learned was that you can't do it from the same mind. You cannot do it for the same mind. And this is an important point in a way because you can't do it from the same mind. That mind has to be sacrificed. And hence the falling that you're talking about. That's and right. hence hence the invitation to even practice whatever practices there are of the soft gaze. Because in the soft gaze, the nature of the soft gaze really is the invitation to see everything as one thing. Yes, and that cannot come from the belief system. It's not about believing no. that everything is one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because that's the same... Um, matrix as believing that everything is separate um yes it is (laughs) it's not about belief it's the undoing of all belief (laughs) it's meeting uh existence without belief and that seems to be so difficult and yet as you explain it as you know with neo (laughs) it's you know when once you get it once you there's a there's a flavor of it there's a taste of it then yeah yeah the falling yeah. open can be very natural it's not uh, uh it, it doesn't have to be it's not a great struggle yeah, yeah. well maybe yeah i mean you know that i mean that's a, in a way a slightly separate conversation but because when 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 one accepts the falling you know some people uh, you know, you you people have held on for a long time, so they have to meet the one or what was being held on to. Yeah, because you, you, it's not enough just to wave your magic wand and say that's it. I'm I'm going to fall. Although that is a possibility as well for for a lot of people as you fall. So you have to you almost meet your old self and everything that it's clung on to over the years you have to kind of be prepared for that to dissolve as well because there is a, a, a sort of nakedness isn't there? It's naked seeing i see what you're talking about as naked seeing i liken it to being uh, a baby <laughs> yeah a baby sees with wide open eyes without labeling without judging yeah 
And that's that's very naked. It's a very naked yes. gaze. Yes. Yeah. And we feel that with babies. Yeah. Their eyes are literally wide open and they touch everything and taste everything and explore everything and are curious. And they don't bring uh, a mountain of, you know, of, of, you know, or a heavy sack of beliefs with them. Mm. Yeah. And of course, we can't regress, but we can mm. um, sort of. Become conscious babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a regression yeah. into babyhood, but it is a remembrance of that innocent state, wide yes. open. Yeah. And part of it is a remembrance, part of it is grace, part of it is willingness, and part of it is you can literally practice this. Yes. You can practice it when you wake up in the morning. You can practice it for a few minutes before you go to bed. It brings a great state of peace. Yeah. There is a there is a something that comes up really quite a lot in 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 my work with people one to one and that is, you know, the 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 forgetting, the absolute almost absolute forgetting of that innocence of the innocence that actually that baby that you're talking about that was me. That baby that you were talking about, that was you. That was every single person who's listening here was that baby. And we think because the conditioned self with all of its shame and its judgment and everything, that all of that innocence is kind of lost, gone, poof, disappeared. But actually what you're saying is it's not. It hasn't disappeared. It's just been covered over. And there it is still. And the, this practice is actually a remembrance of visceral a, a practice of remembering the wide-eyed state. Yes, it's not lost. Innocence can't be lost. No, it can't be lost. But but we become convinced that it can be lost because the beloved is innocence. The beloved is our innocence, mm. is an innocence, Yeah. It's not naked and with shame. It's not naked as we assume, well, God, if I go naked, there's going to be shame and I'll have to come to terms with all the horrors and everything. It's not, it's not that. It's naked. Yes. So mm. I don't know whether that was a, that's, that's, hasn't been a, an ABC conversation but i would just like to go back to because i think we can finish up now yeah i think so yes yes just with the last couple of paragraphs of what you said so that if people you know who knows most people just listen and and move on but some people might be interested in 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 that practice that you're talking about so why don't you just explain that again the yeah two or three paragraphs at the end that point to the practice yeah yeah it says practice a soft gaze on things let your seeing be less tight less pincer like less restless let your eyes be still and in this stillness, your vision will come to rest in the openness of consciousness instead of the closeness of objects and thoughts. So there is a little practice in itself, yeah? You can literally sit in front of an object, yeah? Choose something, 
yeah, preferably not a computer or a yeah. phone. <laughs> a round thing, I think you a were round talking thing about a round a, thing. Yeah, a cup or a bowl or a, oh, I don't know, whatever, flower Some, or something a natural. crystal or a, yeah. something natural. Or, but it could be an, an, an object, in, you know, a decorative object, yeah? Okay. Yeah. Um, or a functional object, but just mm-hmm. something not so... Uh, obvious as a, as an iPhone. Um, <laughs> You've got it in for my iPhone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be. I mean, maybe that's a good practice. It's all included, huh? It's yeah. All, yeah. And you can literally just, it, it's like, it's a meditation, but instead of meditation with the eyes closed, it's with the eyes open. But it, And instead of focusing tightly on the object, yeah, it's not mindfulness where you're a, aware of every detail. You just allow the whole see the totality and also uh, physically keep the eyes still yeah they can be blinking but you try not to move the eyes Mm. the eyes are always darting around yes so you relax and allow the eyes to be still you don't force it, yeah? It's not a tight effort, but you do have some conscious uh, awareness that you are keeping your eyes still. And you'll find that the gaze becomes soft and open, yeah? And you, you just find out, yeah? You, it's literally a discovery. You'll find that instead of seeing a thing, most likely you will get a sense of peace, yeah, you will get a sense of relaxation. You will get a sense of seeing the light rather than seeing the object. <laughs> yeah, so you have to discover for yourself. But it's a great little practice, even for a few minutes a day. Okay, yeah, it is. Uh, I, I I remember because even the practice of softly holding the gaze on one thing and not not allowing without controlling the peripheral vision to become the distractive force because i know i have that tendency to 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 kind of think what's that what's that and then i'm gone again you've gone Mm. into the distractive self so even the practice of softly holding the gaze is actually extremely powerful because you're sending a message to the agitated mind no not now not now not now yeah yes Okay, my love. Well, thank you so much for this. I think the microphone has has, has worked well, I hope. And um, look out. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Look out for the next uh, podcast. We're hoping that it's going to be not me who's talking with a murder, but it's going to be somebody else who is going to talk about a different subject Uh, but the same kind of subject that might include a conversation about death. Who knows? Um, We hope so. But uh, otherwise, thank you so much, Amada. Is there anything you want to to finish with? No, I think that was a sweet conversation. Thank you. Okay. Um, As with all these conversations, they could go on and on and on, but we have to draw the line under them somewhere and allow it to be as it is. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, Subscribe if you you feel moved to on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this, and we wish you a blessed, soft, soft soft-focused day, and uh, we'll see you again soon, we hope. Okay, take care. Goodbye.